Welcome to This Week in Skiza Athletics. I'm your host, Neil Minton. With me, as always, is Mr. Rip Ripley. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Had a late night at uh, Porter Gal last night for track, but we're we're at it this morning. So I mean, you do look like you're struggling a little bit, but that might just be <laughs> – I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, with us today, we have Jeff Barnes, the athletic director at Hammond, and Jonathan Wheeler, who is the head football coach at Hammond. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate yeah, absolutely. For sure. So, um, why don't you guys tell us, tell us a little bit about yourselves, your, your skis of history and, um, you know, just what's going on at Hammond. Well, um, my skis of history is I started working at Hammond in 2004 and been here since. Uh, so I've been in the league for not as long as you guys, uh, as players and as coaches, but, you know, been in the league for a while. I've got to really understand the league and, Build good, some great people in this league and, and build relationship and good coaches. And so I've really enjoyed my time in it and I, I look for many more years in it. <clears throat> what about you, John? Uh, 2009 was my first year. Um, it was because of this guy. He told me to come work with him here uh, at Hammond as an assistant football coach and a PE teacher with him. And I was here for 2009, 2010. And then um, Jeff Whalen, I don't know what he was thinking, but he hired some young 28-year-old coach. Um, glad it didn't completely implode the Heathwood football team um, for four years. So that didn't didn't work out. It was, it was a great experience uh, as far as learning for me, um, but, you know, couldn't get them over the hump. And then, uh, you know, my good friend here, uh, you know, something popped open and um, I was able to come back to Hammond and be an assistant football coach and PE teacher again for two years in 15 to 16. Um, a couple other stops. And then, um, you know, when Coach Camry left, you know, Coach Barnes again, I, I'm sure I don't know what he was thinking, but I guess he likes me enough to come hang out with him. And uh, now I'm back as the head football coach. So. Well, yeah, and congratulations, man. I mean, state championship last year. I mean, great accomplishment. And you guys obviously have a great program and you did a good job. So congratulations, Wheels. We really, I mean, really happy for you. It's, it's, Definitely blessed to be back here. So awesome. So, real quick, what, what's going on in y'all's region, um, Jeff? That maybe you can fill our listeners in. Um, you guys are at Columbia, the three A Columbia region, and um, kind of just I know y'all have a lot more sports than a lot of the one A and two A schools, but kind of touch base real quick on um what the region looks like going into playoffs here. Um, you know, well, in baseball, we just finished out the region, and uh, Hammond finished number one, Cardinal number two, and Ben Lippin number three followed by Augusta Christian and Heathwood. Um, lots, of, lots of good teams in our region, lots of competitive games for baseball, um, not, any, not many blowouts. Um, so I think, I think our region's pretty good overall, and you may see some teams go pretty far in the playoffs. Um, softball, our region's pretty good. Um, I think Wilson Hall will be the team to beat in the softball. Um, but we have a competitive region with Ben Lippin and uh, – Carl Newman and Hammond and uh, Augusta Christian. I think we lost to – we still have Ben Lippin left to play in softball. We lost to him by one. I think they're leading the region. Um, and as far – and followed by Augusta Christian, who we have to finish a game with, uh, who beat us by one the first time we played them. Um, then moving on to lacrosse. Our lacrosse team plays Porter Gal tomorrow with um, – I think the seedings are set. I think we should go in with a two seed and we will host Heathwood Hall next Tuesday night. 
at 7 p.m. here. Uh, soccer, um, <clears throat> Carl Newman will be the team to beat with boys. Um, they're pretty elite right now. I think uh, our scenes in soccer is um, Carl Newman followed by, I think, Heathwood, us, and uh, Ben Lippin are all in the same boat with wins and losses. And on the girls' side, uh, we will we will probably get the one seed um, in the playoffs. We with I'll I tell you that Pinewood it will be favored to win, um, followed by us. Um, we still have Carl Newman, which is a good rivalry for us in soccer. Uh, girls' match um, still left to play, so that could that could change some things if we come up short. We beat them three to one the first time. Um, tennis wise. Um, we still have Carl Newman to play. They beat us 9-0, so uh, they're probably favored to win this match today. With um, <laughs> Followed by us, um, so we'll have a chance to make a little noise in the playoffs. Hopefully, we got a heavy senior class that's been in the program for a while, so we're super proud of them. Okay, well, this might be a dumb question, but this is somebody who just, you know, I'm from small country schools. When you play the cross, is that boys or girls or both? Uh, we only have boys right now, and we, we got a strong push for girls. However, we, we would need to develop some fields for uh, to add any more uh, spring teams on top of our 19 teams that we have. <laughs> Absolutely makes sense. Okay. Well, that's great. I mean, really sums up, I guess, the – or am I missing anything else? How about, how about track? Or missing I, track? I was going to leave track to the track wizard. I, uh, I think that's a good idea. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> give us the, the Rip's my guy on call with all the track questions. <laughs> right. Go ahead and give um, us the update on the track there, Rip. Absolutely. So we had, I know um, the Columbia regions had their region meet last week and had some, some pretty quick times. Uh, we'll see, um, you know, how that shakes all the seating out, but we, uh, you know, Heathwood on both sides is really strong. Hammond's boys are strong. They've got a, a couple girls that are strong, but that is a team. I think, uh, you know, Hammond's boys are, are pretty solid. Uh, Carter Newman's a team that always is, is competitive. Um, and Ben Lippin as well has a pretty strong program. Augusta, has, again, some individual athletes, kind of like Hammond's girls, but I don't know if it's a, as a team they'll quite be there um, come state time. But I know a lot of y'all competed in the, in the Richland County Championships yesterday, um, and I haven't seen results yet. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't put up yet on, on mile split, so I haven't seen how that went. Uh, but then our region and, and the Charleston region compete. Uh, we do our – both our regions are a little bit smaller in team numbers, so we actually we we score it separately, but we compete together for our region meets. We had that down at Porter Goud yesterday, and uh, it went pretty good. So it uh, uh, Wilson Hall uh, won the boys and girls. Porter Goud won the boys and girls for their region. Um, had some good times, some good marks at the at the track where the state meet will be uh, in a couple of weeks. So you know, as far as state goes, we got state next Saturday, May seventh. Um, on the girls' side, Heathwood is kind of the favorite you know, pretty, pretty strongly with Porter Gowd in second. And then Wilson Hall and Carter Newman kind of in that three, four spot. Uh, ben Lippin has got some girls that get up there. Like some Hammond's got some individuals that are going to be really strong and have good days. Um, and on the boys side, I mean, it's wide open. I mean, it's, it's really right now uh, when you break it down, depending on how certain kids get entered in events. I mean, uh, Hammond, Heathwood, Porter, Wilson Hall, and Ben Lippin are all within like 10 points of each other. I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really fun day to see, you know, kind of who can steal points where and, and make up some stuff. And um, so it should be a good a good state meet day, uh, May, May 7th. Well, congratulations, Rip, too, on boys and girls winning the region. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so we did just have the Skeeza State Golf Tournament, and it did get a little bit range-shortened. But um, I did kind of want to give at least the top results a shout-outs to um, some of these kids. So I have all the results right here. And at a 1A, 
I'll tell you, 1A was very impressive. Um, Cambridge Academy. Um, they came in with a 608 and a um, 30 shot lead over the second place, Mead Hall. Mead Hall? How you say Mead that? Hall. Mead Hall, yeah. Mead Hall. Now, now, is Cambridge still just a middle school or do they have high school again now? Does anybody know? I don't know, is but my, my man Spence Haygood was the medalist, shot a 70 on the first day and a 70 on the second day. That, yeah. I mean, that's like a full day for me, and he did it in two yeah. days. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty strong. So oh, he, he was the medalist in the 1A. Um, I really don't know anything about that with Cambridge, to be honest. That's good. Yeah, that's I knew, know, I know a couple a couple years ago, they're at a Greenwood. A couple years ago, I remember they actually qualified for the state volleyball tournament. And I remember Mike saying that it was impressive because they were all middle schoolers and they finished, you know, third or fourth in their region and ended up qualifying for state. Um, so I wasn't sure if, if that was still the case or, or if they've added high school back. They may have been able to grow back to high school because those scores, if that's an all middle school team, that's incredibly impressive um, on, on their end. Well, and then, but I mean, it's impressive either way, but yes, definitely if they're, they're young. Um, yeah. Two A, um, congratulations to Al Hay at Orangeburg Prep. Mm-hmm. Um, his golf team won the state championship. Um, they actually then they were co-state champs with Spartanburg Day. They both fired a mm-hmm. 629. Um, and the medalist was from Orangeburg Prep, um, Harris Holstein. And he shot a 143, shot a 68 on the Monday. Yeah. Pretty incredible round. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, they they had a really good route. Hilton Head Christian was tight. You know, they were eight strokes back um, after the second day and finished third. So, um, real competitive golf in both 1A and 2A. And then 3A, I think kind of, you know, Kind of felt like we talked a couple weeks ago that we're it's you know Trinity Hilton Head Prep Porter Gal those are the schools you kind of kind of look out for in golf and and they did they they all shot real well but it did get shortened so the three mm-hmm. A only took nine holes on the second day so the scores yeah. seem a lot lower but Trinity shot a four fifty four to win a state championship um, Hilton Head Prep was a four fifty seven right behind them mm-hmm. they they were leading going into the first day and Porter Gal's right behind them with a four sixty eight. Um, mm-hmm. they had the medalist, um, Rowan Sullivan shot a 111, shot a 71 on Monday and a 40 on Tuesday. So, some real good outings, even from some other teams, you know, um, around the region. You know, Hammond finished sixth, Lawrence Manning was fifth. So, all the regions were kind of, you know, up there. And so, that's good mm-hmm. to see too, the little parody across the regions. So, um, so golf, golf is over, guys. Spring sports yeah. is suddenly small shrinkage a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't have 19 teams there. Um, Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> got one less to worry about now, my friend. So, and then listen, and the weather's looking positive, knock on wood, for a couple, I know, a couple of days. Hopefully. I cannot Hopefully. believe you just said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I'm not going to wood hard. And, and yeah. uh, Wheeler, I can't believe you let him get saying that. I mean, you can't talk about the weather like that. That's just terrible. All right. So, um, let's see. So, Rip, you talked about track. All right. Big news. We hadn't talked in three weeks. You know, we've had different spring breaks, Easter. Mm -hmm. Um, Football schedules came out. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Jeff, let me start with you and Wheeler. How do y'all feel about football schedules? For you guys, is it much different, really, in the 4A, now that we have the new 4A? Um, No, I mean, it's it's a little different because of how – I and I'm – Prosky's of how they did it. They actually they put out how the brackets would be laid out at the end and the seating. And so the only disappointment we really had was with Ben Lippin being a natural rivalry force and an in-town game, they are not on our schedule. However, I understand it's a puzzle, putting a puzzle together and it's got to fit for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. but but nothing different. Uh, I think we have six <clears throat> 4A games with a couple 3A games, and then um we cake walk week one. Yeah, yes. and then we travel to 
we traveled to Athens and um, you know, <laughs> had a trip up to the upstate for another game. Yeah, no, your schedule looks good. I don't mean you know, I'm looking at it right now. So Chris Avenue Academy, week zero. Um, we got a bulls on week one for sure. I mean, we, we, got, we, we, we put a bulls on that week hot, one. Hot game. Everybody's gonna check out. No doubt about it. No, um, Christian, some serious, really serious. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be real serious that day. For sure. So, no, and, and I kind of got asked on that. I don't mind. Well, the, the, for us, they're like, man, you really, everybody got, you got hosed on the schedule. I'm like, not really. Y'all look at everybody else's schedule. It's very similar. The fact is I got Hammond as my 4A opponent, which we talked about. You know, I'm fine with that. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, Rip. Um, scheduling a lot of times, is about, it's about relationships. You know, it's not necessarily whatever. And, you know, as getting to know you guys better, you know, man, I got no problem playing you guys. You know, I mean, I like you guys. I mean, yeah, you guys are elite team. I'd rather play a good team. You know, I don't I don't want to play somebody that we're going to beat by 80. We, clarify, we're not going to beat anybody by 80 ever. <laughs> um, even if we could, we wouldn't. But, um, you know, it's I, I think, you know, iron sharpest iron, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm happy with that schedule. But I look at all the 3A schedule. It's a lot of – it's a lot of parity, you know, mm-hmm. now – from our school, we got um, Hammond, then we got Williamsburg, who's a really good 2A team. I and mean, they've got a good chance to win a 2A. You know, they were state runners up in 2A last year, and they got everybody back. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have some really tough, tough games going in, but that's leading into region, and hopefully we'll be battle-tested and ready. But I do think, looking at it, it did let the, the 4A have opportunities to play schools outside of um, the organization, and I think that was a positive. Um, what about you guys down there, Rip, now that y'all have gone from 4A to 3A, what are y'all's thoughts? So, so it's a little bit different. And the funny thing is we've talked about, you know, everybody's like, oh, we're dropping down to 3A or however they're calling it now. It's like, look, I mean, the teams that are in 3A are, are strong. I mean, our, you know, little pod of teams, I mean, us, Florence Christian, PD Academy, are really good football programs. And then you look at, you know, the other teams, I think you got First Baptist, Pinewood, Northwood, and Charleston. You know, we play, we play First Baptist again. Um, and then we go down to Hilton Head. Those teams are on the on the coming up for prep and John Paul, and then Hilton Head Christian won state last year, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, the, the 3A level, I think, is going to be really competitive, which should be exciting. And then our, our non-regions, we still play. We play Hammond. We play Lawrence Manning. We play Heathwood Hall. And then we got our, our in-town rival with Thomas Sumter. Um, you know, the only different part for us is, you know, our last game of the season has been Lawrence Manning for probably 40 years. And we play in week two this year because they're no longer a, a region opponent or a classification opponent. So that, that'll be a little bit different. And, and you'll probably see some of that across the board um, in certain schedules. Yeah. And I think Jeff said it right. It is, it's a humongous puzzle. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know for us the last, like out of the 10 years I've been here, um, we played Lawrence Man in all 10 years. They've been mm-hmm. on our schedule, you know, and I've had a week 10 game non-region six of the 10 years I've been here. And that's a little different. I, I yeah. like the way that it, kind of the region for at least the 3A is pretty much all on the back end. I know 4A mm-hmm. is not exactly like that, but it's all on the back end. You kind of have those important games at the end. And that's the way it should mm-hmm. be, you know, kind of makes it's it. public school. That's how right. It's public school, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the way it looks. Um, you know, like I said, I, in 3A, there's a lot of parity. I think 1A and 2A schedules look good as well. Um, now, here's, here's a question I had for it. Does it – how hard was scheduling B-team or JV because of the way the schedules are? You know, I I scheduled that. I took that upon myself and um, scheduled and reached out to coaches within and, – and one the biggest thing I think of when I do 3A is – I mean, uh, JV in middle school is two things. I want to make sure teams match up and sixth and seventh graders are playing each other versus a team of sixth and eighth. We went down that road one time and 
Mm-hmm. An eighth grader versus sixth graders is totally different. I know people go, well, what about seventh grade versus ninth grader? But it, it really is totally different. Um, so I reached out to the teams, Wilson Hall, Lawrence Manning, prior to knowing who the varsity schedule was and lined it up and, and was able to get nine games for middle school and JV within an hour travel distance um, for all our teams. Um, I sent out a schedule and everyone had an open date and they were able to fill in those open dates if they saw somebody else with an open date or I know Augusta Christians and playing JV only. So that like there's one week where I think Wilson, we had a bye week and Wilson Hall was scheduled to play JV only for Augusta Christian. So uh, Glenn Rector called me and said, hey, y'all want to play middle school that week? I was like, heck yeah, that's another game. We play Wilson Hall twice. We play Ben Lippin twice and we play Heathwood twice. So we were able to fulfill a nine-week schedule with travel within an hour. So I thought I thought it <clears throat> went well with trying to put that puzzle together. And, and once again, when you're talking Thursday night games for sixth and seventh graders, you want to keep it in the as close as you can keep it with travel. Sure. Yeah. It, you know, and it's a little different bear for um, I say I know we're three now, but a two A we'll still use this year's terms, two A schools. All right. So when I look at the schedule, I have you guys who we don't have the same teams as y'all. Mm-hmm. Then I go down and, you know, I got Conway Christian who does – I don't know if they have a B team. You know, we got John Paul and Hilton Head Prep and Pinewood Prep all on the road. We're not traveling that far for a B team like you're saying. Um, Wilson Hall doesn't have the same team. So, I went five straight weeks, then first Baptist. You have six straight weeks where I'm like, I don't know who I'm going to play, you know, on B team. So, but it kind of worked out. All the coaches in our area kind of did the same thing. And, you know, I look at the 2A schedule, and if they have a game down at Charleston – Hey, I'm calling them right now. Carolina Academy, you're going to Greenwood this week on varsity. Can you play B team that week? And then we kind of all worked together and kind of made it work out. So, yeah, we kind of ended up with the same um, eight games within, a, you know, pretty much within an hour. We do have Orangeburg prep. That's a little longer drive for us. But other than that, and um, so it kind of works out. But it, it is it can be difficult. It can be tricky for for schools trying to make it work. But I, but I was impressed, and I think the reason I brought it up, how well the ADs and coaches work together to, to make it happen. I mean, that's the key, I think. Um, how about you, yeah, I think you guys? Everybody has the same thing. They, they just want to get kids games and a chance to go yeah. out there and play. Right. Well, I was well, wondering if it was going to be tougher for Wilson Hall, being that the new 3A probably doesn't sure. have JV and B team, middle school, whatever you yeah. call it. Because we're sixth through eighth grade, and most of the teams, all the teams mm-hmm. in the PD area are that. You know? Yeah. Well, so, we've seen balls with us. Yeah, yeah, right. we've seen we've seen that that trend even in recent years. Like I said, with some of the old three A schools that were already starting to cut back and just do two teams, and so we actually have kind of been using this model. And like Jeff said, he stepped up a couple of years ago and just said, "Hey, give me your, you know, give me mark off dates, and I'll I'll make the schedule and just send it out." And you know, it kind of works. It, it's an interesting trend that we've seen where a lot of our schools aren't able to field three full teams, and so you know, the smaller schools you know, I really get it because you just don't have the numbers for it. But even in the bigger schools, we're seeing that those numbers to support three full teams aren't there. And so, I mean, like Jeff said, we're down to what, six schools, five schools, six schools that have those numbers. Now, some of the Charleston schools like a Porter and a Pinewood, you know, some years they have the numbers, but if I'm Porter Goud, I don't want to have to travel to Columbia, you know, five times during the season on a Thursday night because my JV is getting home. You know, I said last night we went to Porter Goud from, for a track meet, we didn't get home till 1130. You know, I mean, it was, it's just a long night and, it, and they ran a great beat. And it was so long night. you can have a, a really efficient football game and it's just a long drive when you get food and stuff like that. So they kind of do something more locally. So we lost them as well. So it's really just kind of the Columbia Sumter Manning area group. Um, so we, we've kind of already had that in, in place for us and we'll continue to play all those schools as long as we have three teams. 
Right. Well, um, so last week or the week before, and I don't know if you guys follow along this a whole lot, I guess you do, the South Carolina High School League met on some mm-hmm. adaptations for um, some of the sports stuff. So um, a couple things I just wanted to throw out, different things. One, they talked about a six-quarter rule. Now, in the past, I think public schools have had somewhat of an eight-quarter rule where kids could play JV and varsity. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Will, you would know more on that than, than I would probably. Is yeah, that kind of? I mean, it's been, it hadn't been recent. They did away with that a while ago. But when, okay. I, when I played in the public school league, it was, yeah, it was the eight-quarter rule. All right. So now they're kind of, they were talking about doing the six-quarter rule. Now for us, that doesn't matter because I have all night up, right? So I'm not going to have an eighth grader obviously playing, trying to play both for football. But how would that affect, let's say, you guys with 10th graders or 9th graders um, playing JV and varsity? I mean, is that something that you guys are skis and knees to talk about and consider? Um, we actually discussed it, I don't know, a few years back, like mm-hmm. five or six. I think you got to look into the, the principle of the rule. I think the rule for six quarters, it's you don't want to get into people sending kids down to win JV games. Like, hey, I got a starting left guard as a 10th grader, but I'm going to go send him down because I really want to beat so-and-so in JV. I think and, – and I can't speak for every coach. I know we wouldn't do that. Um, I think the, the rule is if you have a 10th grader that, you know, he's seeing no playing time on, on the varsity level – that you could still move him down and, and let him play two quarters down there to get him some playing time. Because I always say the eighth grade years, the sixth grade year, or the, some schools fifth grade, but for us, the sixth grade year is hard. The eighth grade year is hard and the 10th grade year is hard because you go from being the man on the level below to probably not playing very much unless you're very talented. And so I think, I think the problem with put, there's two problems with putting that in skis. One, you do have coaches that will say, Oh, I really want to win this JV game, which, in my mind is JV's a stepping stone of varsity. No one's handing out state championships for right. JV. Um, second of all, I think you do have to protect the kids with the amount they play and the amount they do things and injuries. And, and I always say, everybody's like, oh, football is a contact sport. In my mind, football is a collision. collision. Yep. Yep. Basketball is a contact sport. Football is a collision right. sport. Um, so, yeah, you have to take into mind the, the beatings and the wear and tear. And I, I know at the JV and Muscle level, there's not much hard hitting going on. But you do have to put that in mind and, and take that equation out of it. So I think the, the principle of the rule is it could be good and bad. Mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest difference between skis and high school league, and, and it's hard because we see the high school league make certain rules. I know we're going to talk about some others, but at the, at the end of the day, even a Hammond or a, or a Porter Goud, who are so who are the biggest schools in Skiza, they're the equivalent of a of a one A, maybe a two A high school league team. And I'd be willing to bet that a lot of those one A and two A high school league teams are not utilizing the six eight quarter rule because they need those guys on varsity. Just like a lot of our Skiza schools need those guys on varsity. And like Barnes said, I remember a couple of, a while back we did try that. We had a couple of years where a couple of coaches were really, you know, adamant that they wanted to do the t- let some tenth graders play down on JV. But then that also brings in, you know, the the like we talk about the difference between a sixth and an eighth grader uh, on B team. That eighth grade to tenth grade sometimes where you've got these guys that are starting to, yeah, they're not able to play on their varsity team, but they're starting to physically mature a little bit and get a little bit bigger and get a little bit stronger playing against that little eighth grade pup that. You know, like Barnes said, had a good year on B team, and now he's on eight on JV, and his eyes are big and wide. And he's getting hit by the tenth grader, and it, it just opens, I think, the door to to 
you know, complaints and injuries and things. I mean, the minute that 10th grade kid hits an eighth grader and he gets hurt, it's, oh, we should be playing 10th graders on JV right. or on, on that level. So I, I think that I, I understand why the high school, league can do it, but they've also got rosters where they got 70 guys on them, you know, at the 5A level where they, they do need to get those kids playing time at a, at a, at a you know, JV game. Yeah, for me, yeah, I, I see it. I think 11th graders can play – yeah. 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 yeah, we had the yeah. same issue with people saying, you know, having 11th graders come down. But yeah, my mentality was always like, I don't know. I was obviously with, with Jeff and, and you guys probably where it's like, I'm not going to send a starter. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I actually, I don't know, maybe it's because it's me thinking. I, that's what I keep saying. I is like, I don't think anybody in their right mind would do that. Um, but yeah. I get like, for instance, like if you got some crazy booster that, you know, if we lose the, you know, we, we lost the, the JV team of LMA for 10 years in a row, <laughs> we lose again, you're on the chopping block. So I get it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm very I, impressed. There are some exceptions to every, you know, yeah. process, I guess, um, you know, but you know, we would run into that because we had a kid that never played, you know, tiny little 11th grader, and he went, and we're like, dude, go go out there because you're probably not as good or smaller than half of our freshmen, you know. So that, that was always the thought process. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if we were to allow 10th graders, that would be my thought process with it if there was an 8th to 10th grade JV. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, well, yeah. two, two, two things. One, Wheeler, I'm really impressed with your country booster club accent. Like, I think that was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, my man's from Orangeburg. Don't let him. Uh, don't let him. Pull you. Okay. <laughs> so that's yeah. pretty awesome. So, but the yeah. second thing where, where it hits me more is where I lose kids, where you guys don't have to deal with these problems. I lose kids as freshmen because mm-hmm. playing varsity football as a freshman, they know 100% they're not going to play much. Mm-hmm. They know that they're going to be. The scout team, they know they're going to be getting coolers and cleaning locker rooms. And I've lost you know, a significant amount of very good athletes as ninth graders who say, oh, we'll come back 10th grade, and they don't. And if they do, they've lost a year. You know, and um, so for me, if that was a rule, I would use it more so my ninth graders, who I have to have on varsity for special teams and backups, could play eighth and ninth grade JV like your guys are playing JV and we would have a JV team that way. And then we could still have fifth, fifth through seventh. That's where it would help a school like my size with our model, you know, because then I think I could keep those ninth graders playing, participating, not, you know what I mean? And not worried about yep. getting hurt. So, um, you know, I, I do see that merit, but I think you're right. Um, Wheeler, there's going to be somebody, let's say hypothetically, in our town who hears somebody from the school that we're playing across town, I hear they're pulling these guys down this week. Yep. We need to pull oh, our yeah. guys too. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff happens. But anyway, but that's interesting. Okay, so the next thing I think they talked about, um, Rip, I don't know, um, shot clock. How y'all feel about shot clock? Thumbs down. I, I 100% agree as basketball coach. And, of course, Rip, you're the, the new boys basketball coach at Wilson Hall. So, you, <laughs> congrats is, again, Rip. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, look, my, <laughs> my thing isn't even in the game. I mean, look, I get it. Like, no one wants to watch what happened. And, and you know, obviously a good friend of mine. But, you know, no one wants to watch what happened in the playoff game last year with Hilton Head Prep and Lawrence Manning where, you know, Lawrence Manning pulled him out and held the ball and, you know, the score ended up being 20, 20 to 18. And people were like, I can't believe that they did. I'm like, look, it's, it's a strategy. 
you know, it's, it's, you got to play to your strengths and play the strategy, what you want to do. Number one, I think it changes that strategy a little bit. Number two, who's going to run it. And, and that's my biggest thing on it is who, who at the small one, a level you've got, you know, Clarendon hall going to Jefferson Davis. And now you've got to find a bookkeeper, a scorekeeper, a shot clock keeper. I mean, it's just, it's hard to find, find people at the schools at any of our schools to, to run it and, and be confident and understand the rules, you know, it's, it's, I think it would be very difficult. And not to, not to even add the installation of them. Yeah, and the cost of that, it. Correct. I, I'm with Rip. I, don't, I think you'll spend more time stopping the game it. trying to fix the yeah. shot clock than you will the shot clock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I say this. We've had very blessed with some good athletes here in girls basketball the last few years. I mean, we've had some really good records. You know, this year was a little down, but before that, and we line up with Carter Newman, and guess what? We're, we're not trying to run up and down the floor. Now, we might do yeah. that against every 2A team and, and some teams in our region, but, hey, we try to make it as low scoring as possible. And that yeah. is part of strategy, and that's the beauty <laughs> of high school basketball. Look, I can't match up with Ashland Watkins ever. I yeah. personally can't, much less my girls, right? So, <laughs> you know, how are we going to run up and down the court with some of these teams? I need to slow it down, four corners, and, and that is a good strategy. And if people want to pack yeah. it in, then, then I'll hold it if we need to for the last shot, you know? and yeah you know, do whatever. So I, I, I think that's a definitely thumbs down. Now I do know that um, cathedrals coach, girls coach, at least Chris um, Pouillot, and I know he's kind of in favor of it. I see some other mm -hmm. people kind of talk about um, shot clock, but yeah, I, I just don't think it's, um, there's enough advantages in the rules of basketball and the way it's changed to um, make the athletes yeah, give them advantage. So let me give the fundamental people, let, let us keep this at least. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let, let's, let's get a, uh, uh, System at the Sumter Civic Center that does it in the microphone plugged into the CD player <laughs> prior to getting shot clocked. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, yeah, absolutely. But no, I think that, again, I think if you look at a lot of the coaches who are very vocal about wanting a shot clock, they are coaches who run an up-tempo type of game and they know it is to their advantage to have a shot clock. Oh, yeah. And, and so it's like, I, I mean, it, I see, you know, it's kind of obvious what you're doing here. You know what I mean? So I, I get it. It prepares the next level. I mean, there's there's AAU and, and different things. There's different circuits where you can you can go get exposed to that if that's what you're looking to do. I don't think that we're holding kids back because we're not providing a shot clock for them and that's somehow not preparing them for the collegiate level. I mean, it's I, I just I just don't believe that. And again, my thing comes back to the cost of of putting the system in, paying an extra person. I mean, don't you know? I, I love the officials that we have in Skiza, and and we've got some great ones. But the that cost in itself has gone up. It, incredibly in the past few years and now we're going to pay a, a, a fourth official for basketball right. to run that clock it's, it's just not i just don't think it's feasible for a lot of schools and, and i think there's a lot to game planning because come august 26th in football coach mitt is going to be in the wishbone and we're going to be watching that referee in the back to his hand gets all the way down <laughs> here before we snap that ball hoping that he can't count so you know there, there's a you know you got to minimize possessions and stuff like maximize possession yeah. on the flip side i mean you, you do whatever you want in whatever sports that's part of the coaching and the strategy so mm -hmm. I, I i'm a big favor of not having the shot clock all right um so we got a few more minutes here what about speed and strength rip i know we're not having it this year is that something skis is going to get back into next year we we hope so um you know we've, we're kind of hoping to, to host it again at wilson hall next year we've just through covid last two years and then we're going through a huge construction project this year and it's kind of one of those things where by the time, unfortunately, that Mike got around to, to talking to me about it, I, I kind of, you know, 
the other stuff that I'm doing between track and field and I'm, I'm, I, we're starting a, an AU basketball program here in Sumter this year and, and a, a, a next level athletics, this whole thing that I'm doing on my own. But I told him that my next available Saturday was like June the 4th. Gotcha. I said, if you want to host it on June 4th, we can have it June 4th. So I think that's, we, we've talked talk with a few of the strength coaches around and I think we're looking at how we're doing it and hoping, you know, the problem is when to do it. I mean, spring sports is so busy with all the sports we have going on. And, and I almost, I do truly believe that the, the best time to host the meet for athletes would probably be during the winter season, which is kind of your off season after football. But is that enough time to get kids in the weight room enough to, to build their strength up enough? Or is it better to do it in August when we get done with summer condition? I mean, we, there's a lot of ideas on the table that I think we're kind of open to looking at. You know, I'd be in favor of doing almost like a, like a combine type format where we do it in, in early August after the football and basketball and teams have gone through summer conditioning all summer and summer weightlifting, let's give those kids a chance as they go into the football season to get some numbers up. I think that'd be kind of fun. I like that. And I was going to ask Jeff, I mean, I know Hammond hadn't been a a big participant, I think in the speed strength in the past, but I think it's because they have 38 sports going on in the spring. If I had to guess, right. You know? Yeah. And and one of our big thoughts is, and and I think the speed and strength thing is held well, but we, we just, we don't want to send our in-season kids out there to go pull a hamstring or, or hurt their back during a squat when they're trying to compete. I just don't think that's fair to their team to put them in that situation to, to go out there. And I know we send them to track meets to go. But yeah. but that's kind of our thought on it. I mean, I, I think it's great. I think it's good for our, our league. Um, the timing of it, I think, could be be different. But, um, but once again, when is a good time? We're at schools where we're asking people to play three sports. Yeah. So when is a good time? I don't know. That's why Rip does a good job and handles it. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to finish up. But, but Jeff, I had to, to finish with this. Um, I don't know. I want to let people know out there that Jeff Barnes is a Twitter master. <laughs> and that you, if you need some inspirational quotes <laughs> on how to handle parents or how to <laughs> handle student athletes or how to handle administrators or how to handle life, you need to follow Jeff Barnes on Twitter. Jeff, yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty- I think you, you may have to subscribe to him because it's Elon Musk guy. You know, he's obviously yeah. You know, yeah. he'll have to pay to subscribe here pretty soon. To yeah. The rate he's going. So, but it's um, I mean, I'm, it's impressive work, Jeff. I'll give you that. It is impressive it work. He does a good job. You know, that. it's it's I, I do it to help everyone relate that's in our industry to understand that it's happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and not everything is something that's happened to Hammond. It could have happened somewhere else of just talking to other ADs and just um, my personal views. I'm not throwing it. It's my personal views on maybe how to handle the situation or um, just know that it's happening. Problems you're dealing with are happening mm-hmm. at every single school. And I think, and to, I'll be honest, for me, that's comforting. And I, I don't mean that to be funny, but I mean, for real, like, you know, we, we all deal with those same issues, you know, put, I think putting out fires all day long, every day, some days, yeah. you know, oh, and, yeah. um, I think I, I love, I mean, I even love the occasional time where I'll just screenshot one of Jeff's uh, tweets with the replies he'll get. And I'm like, dude, I like, but what I would say, you know, 95 times out of a hundred, what you're putting out there is like you hey, something that we all deal with and something we see. And then you get, you know, the, uh, the, the Twitter fingers of some people going and get all excited, and, you know, tell us how we're all doing our job wrong. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think that I, 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 I love it. I, I enjoy following 
Jeff's, uh, you need to put like a book together that has all your inspirational quotes, like a calendar. Each day I can flip it over to a new Jeff Barnes tweet. I might have to put that together for you. I like that. And, and, and I get, I get from people, they'll go, was that, was that tweet about me? I'm like, well, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Do you was think it, it was? Like, was it? Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. And then maybe you need to think about it. But and a yeah. lot of times it's not. It's just stuff that yeah. we all deal with and, and have conversations about, laugh about when we get together. Yeah. Well, thank you guys <laughs> for being on today. Congratulations to um, all you guys. Y'all guys have been winning on RIP with the region and, and Wheeler still with football and Jeff with football. You guys do an incredible job. And um, thank you all for being on the show. So everybody out there, we'll see Thanks you next week. All right. You all guys right. take care. All right. Thanks. See you Thank you.